Welcome back to the Willie Morgan Show with Manchester United icon Willie Morgan, hosted by myself, Callum McFadden. It's been a few weeks since we've had the show since then. The the domestic football season has finished. The Euro 2020 Championship, well, I say 2020, it is 2021, but they're still insisting calling it that. It started, we're going to talk obviously about Scotland. We were all very excited about Scotland at these Euros and we'll get Willie's verdict on whether we still can be a wee bit excited or whether that's it done. But, Willie, you've got so much um, to share with us and, and some quite yeah. nice stories as well. Well, it's been a, it's been a while. And, uh, yeah, all the bits and pieces. First of all, my granddaughter passed a Duke of Edinburgh Award, number one. Which brilliant. Is, which, no, it's brilliant. Jessica, so proud of her, you know. Um, the other thing is that I know some friends of mine, they've been desperate to get their... Places open, and a friend of mine, John O'Reilly, who runs Shrigley Hall, and uh, they've spent millions on a refurb and it all. And I just wish to John, I wish you all the very best with it. Uh, I'm sure it's a great place, I'm sure it'll be successful. Also, to Havis Ferguson down at Carbon, who's also spent millions on their place, still not been able to get there, Callum. <laughs> I will come, both of you, I definitely will come. Uh, another fabulous place, Carden, and uh, for anyone in that area, should go. And also, my own place, the Mere. It's in great condition at the moment. The greens are coming back to the very best, and my putting's improved a little bit, so that made me very happy, Callum. Um, the other thing that I'd like to mention is Dan. Dan and Sarah, they... They run a thing called Capstone Financial in Altrincham, and they look after the meagre bit I have saved up, Callum. It's not very much, but they look after it. Dan, in fact, Dan has just joined me. Um, says he's off 19. I think he's more of about three. I think he's a bit of a bandit. And also Liam, who works there, who's going to be looking after my Jessica, who I've just mentioned, her little savings. Liam, you better do a good job with her savings, pal, or you have to answer to me. Um, other things that's been, you know, obviously with Steve Clark after last night, but we'll talk about that later. Um, and also, Callum, have you, <laughs> I've seen the most fantastic envelope. I mean, I've had thousands over the years, obviously. It's the most fantastic envelope I've ever seen. And it's come from China, from a young lad called Sam Zhang. Uh, sent off some for it. He wanted some photographs, so I've sent them off. But isn't the envelope fantastic? Tell you people on YouTube, you can find these, use them. It's beautiful. So Absolutely. Um, yeah, and a couple of the, the other things I was going to mention. Father of mine just retired, uh, Chris Smith. Chris and uh, Steve McGarry are the lads who looked after the finances and now they've, they've teamed up with Dan at Capstone. But Chris has just retired. And sadly, Smitty's had to live with an affliction all his life. Smitty, supporting Liverpool and Rangers. 
hopefully now you've retired, you can have it cured. You know, there's a, apparently there is a cure. So you can go when you get cured. And obviously your golf will improve with that as well. Anyway, Smitty, I wish you all the, the best for your retirement. Great guy. Um, and I look forward to seeing you in the golf course. And that's it. Oh, a couple of lads from my past. Les Ritson and Stan Turnant. They'll mean nothing to you, but they were on the ground staff with me at Burnley. You know, the 15-year-old kids. Stan went on to manage Burnley. Uh, yeah. Uh, but they were my part, you know, they were, the, they were mated around with. Uh, and Les, uh, I don't know, I've not heard anything from both of them for a while. I know Stan still lives in Burnley somewhere, and I'm sure Les is still there. But if they're listening, if you're listening, get in touch. It'd be nice to speak to you again. They were great, great friends. So, anyway, don't you? I'm trying to put off talking about Scotland. <laughs> I'm running out of things to say. Uh, anyway, there we go. We'll leave it at that at the moment. Well, you mentioned Scotland, but just before we, we come on to Scotland, um, we were going to be recording after the Europa League final things. Uh, circumstances changed slightly uh, with myself, but United lost that final to, to Villarreal. I know it's a few weeks ago now. What was your reaction to that result in the penalty kicks? Well, you know, at the end of the day, you know, I think about VAR and the, the, it's ridiculous, the whole thing is ridiculous. So scrap it. The only thing you keep is the goal line. Is the ball over the line or not? That's simple. It's a yes or no. But VAR is a joke. It's been a joke. It's still a joke. If they want to make the game better, make the game more open, create better football, do away with offsides. Don't have any offsides. It's the most stupid. The number of times when you say, was he or wasn't he or wasn't he? Or what? And it is difficult for a linesman. It is difficult. I say it's almost impossible for a linesman to watch the ball being kicked and then look up. The guy could be two yards offside, but he not offside when the ball was kicked. It's nearly impossible for a linesman to see that. It's crazy. Do away with offside. That would be my... I've advocated that for years. You know, they tried it in America, Callum, years ago. They had a 30-yard line. Instead of the halfway line, they had a 30-yard line from the goals. And you couldn't be offside within that. And it created open football. And it was great for people who want, you know, could dribble and go past people because it opened the game up. Instead of all being pressed into one half, you know, you got 21 people, or if you're Marshall, 22 people <laughs> in one half. Yeah, I don't. Hey, you know something? I think the guy's a great goalie. He had a great game, and it's stupid. He had a great game. But what? What? You're a goalkeeper. What are you doing standing on the halfway line for? It's ridiculous. It's a crazy moment. I'm sure he'll never do it again as long as he lives. And yeah, he had a great game. I thought he played really well, the keeper. Um, and I felt sorry for him. <laughs> it's one of those things. Um, but coming back to, you know, talking about Scotland last night, I thought Scotland played great. We should have won. If Dennis Law had been in the box with those chances, we would have been four or five nil up. Just that simple. We didn't take our chances. And if that's not a penalty, then I don't know what, what the game's coming to. It was a penalty. 
the guy has blocked, he's blocked him, McTominay. He just went into him. Why is it not a penalty? And then you get VAR, Mr. VAR again. No, it wasn't a penalty, the referee. What a joke. It was a penalty. But Scotland, without that, Scott, I thought Scotland played well. I still think we'll beat England, do you know that? Oh, now that's... But before we talk about the England game, you talked there about David Marshall being off his line. The, the technique of the guy to, to score from there was, was good. I know it was an open goal, but from the distance, would, would you have fancied yourself to do that? You know, it's not technique. It's called talent, Callum. Technique is a word that should never be used in football. No, nothing to do with technique. It was a brilliant piece of talent. He's obviously, you know, his first goal was brilliant, the header. He's a good player. Obviously, he's a good player. Uh, saw the chance, took it. No, great piece of football. Um, but the goalkeeper, you know, you, you're not there to stand the halfway line, you're there to stand your goal line. At all times, at all times. It was a crazy, and yeah, I thought, I thought he had a great game. I think he's a good keeper. I like him in my goals, I tell you, he's a good keeper. It was just a moment of madness. What he was doing up there, I mean, I don't even know if he'll be able to tell you. Probably doesn't want it at this moment in time. But I still think we'll beat England. You know, I thought we played well. I thought Scotland played really, really well. And we should have won easy. They, they got two chances and two, you know, they, they were never in the game, Czechoslovakia. Um, so, yeah, I was <laughs> dreading, but I'm looking forward to the England game. Honestly, I think we've got a great chance. They're nothing special. They've got just, now. just on that, in terms of Marshall, obviously, the moment of madness, if you were the manager of Scotland, how would you handle that situation after the game? Would you say anything to him? Would you leave him to deal with it himself? What, what would you do in that situation? I'd probably just take him a bottle of vodka and say, help yourself, and I'll see you in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't speak to anyone. Don't do anything. <laughs> I want an empty bottle in the morning <laughs> and we'll take it from there. There's nothing you can do. It, you, it, you can't rationalise what he did. It's ridiculous. To be where he was is ridiculous. And I keep saying, I think he's a good keeper. I don't think he had a, apart from that one moment, he had a great game. He had a great game, the, the lad. I mean, I like him. Um, and I do commiserate, you know, we've all made mistakes in our lives and that's going to be his for the rest of his life. Um, I know Scotland is renowned for goalkeepers, or lack of, goal, lack of goalkeepers, Callum. We had them in our day as well. Some of them you had to see to believe. <laughs> really? No. Um, anyway, he'll get over it. You know, I said the rest of his game was brilliant and he'll get over that. It was just, he'll never do it again. That's the one thing he, I don't think it, as long as he lives or as long as he plays, he'll never do that again. And I, there's nothing he can say. He's made a mistake and I'm sure he came in and said, you know, and even at that stage, we could have still won the game quite easy. We had chances, so many chances. We need a, well, it isn't everybody. But as I say, that's, that's last night it was when they said, where's Dennis? Where's Dennis Law? Get him in the box. 
and we would have won the game. Easy. And in terms of England and Friday, I mean, you, you've said that you think Scotland can beat England and Friday. That's, I'll be honest, after watching the game yesterday, I needed to hear that as a fan. What makes you think we, we, we can beat England and Friday based on what you've seen so far? Well, I've seen England, number one. How many of you, there's one, two, my wife, just a minute, I've got my three grandkids. I get a team from the house to beat England. They're not that good. They're average. And I'm telling you, Scotland last night, played really, really well. And the, the result does not reflect the game in any way, shape or form. Any way, shape or form. We played well last night. I would, I tell you, I, I was really encouraged. And I'm looking forward to the game on Friday. I really think we can get a result. So, we'll see. I'll have a last vodka and Diet Coke by my side, just in case anyway, Callum, so. <laughs> Just, just on the, the way that Steve Clark will go about that game, there's a lot of talk in Scotland. There's, there's a few breakfast shows that are dedicated just to the football during the Euros because obviously first time in 20 odd years. And they've been debating whether Scotland should set up to be defensive or go for it. What would you do? Go for it? Why would you want to be defensive? That's ridiculous. Do you want to get Mourinho in as your manager? I don't think so. Yeah, the game's all about attacking. Best form of defence? Attack. Simple. Absolutely. Simple game played by simple people, made difficult by coaches. Don't read in here. Put your best team out, the team that will attack, and you, hey, you score goals against England. I only hope Maguire's fit, and I hope Henderson's fit. I hope they're playing, because we'll, then we'll win easy. If they two are playing, we'll win easy. England's only chance if those two are not fit. So, um, no, I think we've got a great chance. If we play like we did last night, we will beat England. And in terms of those kind of games, those kind of occasions, uh, there was a few people, again, on the TV and radio up here last night saying maybe some of the players were a wee bit nervous. First time they'd been at a major tournament in, in 20 odd years. When you're playing England, do nerves go out the window and they're replacing nothing but sheer excitement because of the nature of the rivalry? Sheer hatred, did you say? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Callum, I didn't quite hear you. Um, you know, I have to be careful. You know, I'm sat here spouting all this stuff about Scotland. And don't forget, all my family are English. <laughs> my kids are English. My grandkids are English. All my friends are English. <laughs> I'm the only one left here. So I've got to be very careful that somebody doesn't run up and stab me in the back or something, you know. Um, no, I, um, you just attack. You put your best team out and you attack them. And if you attack them, you score goals, right? England's got nothing at the back, nothing, really. Stevie Wonder could go past Kyle Walker. Oh, he's playing as well. They're awful, they're awful. Sorry, family, sorry. <laughs> I'm gonna get slaughtered after this. Well, obviously, they, they beat Croatia to, to open the group up and Gary yeah. Lineker and others, obviously, on TV are, are very, very happy, understandably so, not just that they've won, but because they beat Croatia, the team that obviously dumped them out of the World Cup in 2018. Do you see them? I know you're saying you think they are an average side. I suppose at the top level of football at the moment, there's lots of debate of, is there any real standout side? You could say France, other than France, is there a standout side? Do you think they've got a chance of winning this tournament at all? 
New England. Yes. I think every team in the competition has got a chance to win it because they're all pretty average. There is no one great team or one very good team. They're all pretty much the same. Anyone could be anyone. Uh, France, no, not for me. The, the, uh, it, it's, you know, you look at the England team, name me, name me a great player. I think if you were, if you're trying to name... Name me a good player. <laughs> Sorry, Callum, go on, I'm putting you on the spot. No, the, the player I would name, just as someone we've talked about, would be Harry Kane in terms of a goal scorer. Yeah, he's a goal scorer, but, you know, he, he, he needs people to provide ammunition. He That's just, fair. He, doesn't yep. he doesn't have that. That's why he struggles with England, because he doesn't get the chances. Yeah, I think he's a good finisher, of course. Uh, great player? No. He's not a great player, but he's a good finisher. Uh, but you have to look at England's defence and the midfield. They've got nothing. Absolutely nothing. So they're there for the taking this time. I really, even after last night, everyone said, ah, oh, you know, Scotland. No, they're not. They played really, really well yesterday and should have won quite easy. And if we reproduce that on Friday, we will beat England if we reproduce that form. If you go out and attack, there's no need to defend. Why do you want to defend? England's got no defence. Put five four. See, I would play the old system. Two, three, five. Or one, two, three, five. Wonder what they do then. You've got five forwards. <laughs> they wouldn't know what to do. Um, we'll see what Steve does. I, I You know, I... I think he will be encouraged. I mean, the result's obviously disappointing for everyone. They want the result. Uh, but if you look at the overall game, the way we played, the chances we created, he'll be delighted as a manager. I'd be delighted. I just want to finish it off. You know, you can only keep creating the chances and hope that, you know, we'll take them. Somebody will take the, the chances. With so many, even before they got their first goal, obviously they right in half time, but uh, we could have been two up before they scored. Anyway, and I know it's, uh, I know people are, oh, well, it's all right saying that. Wait and see, wait and see on Friday. On the tournament as a whole, have you enjoyed watching the matches or are you sticking to just the, the main matches in terms of Scotland? Well, I had the uh, no, main matches. Uh, I started watching another match and it was more interesting watching my grass grow at the back here. So I went and sat and looked out the window and started watching the grass and it was pretty interesting watching the grass grow. It doesn't grow very quick. They're dreadful. <laughs> They're just all a bunch of very average players. Um, but good luck to them. You know, that's, that's what's there at the moment. I mean, it's not the players that created this. It's, as you know, my pet hate coaches who've created football as it is, backwards, sideways, anyway, bar forward. Coaches, it's not the players. I'm sure if the players were left alone as kids with talent, the talent would come through and you'd see a different type of player. You have to conform to the coach's ideas to get a game. That means keep possession, keep possession. Don't take anybody on. Don't lose the ball. And it's just a, it's just a negative, for me, negative way to play. 
And in terms, one of the other things I want to actually get your opinion on, we've talked about Scotland, is we, we spoke several weeks ago when we recorded the show about Eddie Howe, and he was expected to become the Celtic manager. The new Celtic manager, as I'm sure you're aware, is a guy called Ange Postepoglu. Um, he is a Greek-born Australian. He's coached only in uh, Australia. He coached in the Greek second division, and he's most recently coached in Japan. What your, your reaction to that appointment, Stevie Wonder? Why didn't they? Why didn't they go for Stevie? Stevie Wonder, be, <laughs> you know. I hope I am completely wrong. Obviously, there's a Celtic fan. Why? Who? Who said go out and fight this guy? I've never heard of him, obviously, and I'm sure. 99.999% of the Celtic supporters have never heard of them before. Now. You never know. They might just come along and be, be brilliant. You never know. Uh, I hope. But, uh, you know, if it was me, I wouldn't be looking for a, a coach. I'd be looking for a manager, Callum. I'd be appointing Callum McFadden, the new manager of Celtic. That's what it should be. Not a coach. They're really, somebody's got to take a stand. Somebody's got to be brave enough to say, no, we don't want a coach. We want a manager. And I want to bring the end product to our team, be it Celtic, be it any team. Bring the end product. I'll go out and I'll scout and I'll see someone who can do that and I'll see someone who can compliment and do that. You know, it's, it's a mixed bag. It's just... People putting together a side as all the great managers did, that people complemented each other. You know, for every party crown, you need a Novi Styles. For a Novi Styles, you need a Bobby Chalk. It just one of those. It's a blend. The coaches, they can put 10 cent and a half on the pitch, or 11 if you play Marshall. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and they'll just pass the ball, just pass the ball. It's an entity. I want people that can play. I want people that will go past people and create chances, score goals, obviously. An actual goal scorer will always score goals, so that's his game. But he has to have someone provide. He's not going to pick the ball up now halfway line and score you 30, 40 goals a season. It doesn't work like that. He has to have other people creating chances for him, no matter who you are. So, we'll see. I... I I, I find it mind-boggling, the Celtic appointment. Mind-boggling. I'd love to know the reason. And they, must some, they must give an explanation of why they think that this guy will do the job. Has anyone actually tried to give an explanation of why they've appointed him? Have they? In Scotland? Nothing <laughs> In terms of the club, um, obviously Peter Lawwell's leaving the club. He's been replaced by a new chief executive, Dominic Mackay. He's said that he's won in Australia and he's won in Japan, so he's he's a winner, and that that's why they're bringing him in. That that is the explanation that has been given. Okay, I hope he wins in Scotland. Obviously, we'll see. We'll see. Dude, I just rest my case, Your Honour. I rest my. <laughs> I want to get your opinion on one last thing that's linked to Celtic, because it's not necessarily linked to just Celtic. You played for Burnley when they were winning and challenging for league titles. You were at Manchester United with Best, Charlton, Law, Sir Matt. Clubs with expectation, the fans, 
desperate for success and, and I suppose putting that across to, to players. Neil Lennon, of course, uh, last Celtic manager, he's, again, just as we speak today, an interview with Scottish Breakfast Station BBC Radio Scotland this morning and said the fans' expectation was too much on him and the players last season going for 10 in a row and it was unfair expectation to win 10 in a row and he thinks that's what cost the players. Listen, the professional footballers, they go out in the pitch, they get paid a lot of money, the professional footballers just go out and do your job. Uh, whether it's 10 in a row or 50 in a row, no matter what it is, you know, you've just won nine in a row. You, If you're not confident having won nine in a row, you shouldn't be playing. But it's, it's ridiculous. It's a stupid explanation. Absolutely stupid. Uh, the only nice thing was to watch Leicester getting beat, by the way, that was that was nice. Good old Brendan. Good for you. Um, it's, uh, nah, you're professional footballers, man. The more you win, the more you want to play. You know, if a game lasted for 10 hours, you'd want to be there. All 10 hours, you don't want to be substituted. You're looking forward to it. I can't believe you come out and say that, the expectation. Well, it's the same expectation after the 1-1 one, one, to win two, then three, then four. It's no different. What, what difference is there? Nine to ten. What difference? No, I don't, I, I don't accept his explanation. Um, the player's not good enough, that's a different matter. Or the manager's not good enough. Or he didn't pick the right team or whatever. You know, I, I cannot comment because I've not seen all their games. But it always... You know, when a manager, when he fails uh, and gets a sack, I was looking for an excuse because he was looking for another job. So he's trying to take the blame away from himself, <laughs> as they do. And, and so would I, if I was a manager, got a sack. Well, I wouldn't get a sack, but uh, you, obviously it's natural. It's a natural thing to do because you want another job. So he'll blame everybody but himself. Uh, We'll, we'll see. We'll see what happens next season. You know, it, the thing about Scottish football, it's a two-horse race. Every time it runs, it's a derby with two horses. <laughs> two-horse race every year. So the Rangers or us. It's, it's a no-brainer. It's not exactly like you've got to beat 40 great teams to get a result. You only have to beat one. Really, you have to beat one. So... It's not as difficult as, as he's making out to be. No, it shouldn't be. That leads me on to our listeners' questions. We've got quite a few that have come in this week. Before I get to, to questions as such, we, we've got a message in from uh, Gordon Hill, who you'll know very well, former Manchester United player, who, who of course, you, you had the chance to play with. He said, I am really excited to see this game on Friday between Scotland and England. I bet it reminds you of the home internationals, Willie. Those were the days. I like Steve Clark. I think he's doing a great job. I hope you are well. And Gordon, I hope you're well as well. Apart from being a, a, a great left winger, and he was a great left winger, Gordon. He's a good tennis player as well. People don't know that. Gordon's a very good tennis player. I liked him very much. Uh, he was part of a great team as well. And uh, yeah, the match on Friday. Well, you know, the comments I made earlier on, I really do think 
that Scotland have got the best chance to beat England for a long time if they play like they played the other night with a different result, of course, but they, I thought they played great. So, and I hope you're well, Gordon. I don't know whether you're in America now or I know you've been in America for a while or you're back here or but it'd be nice to meet up sometime, pal. He's still in America, still coaching away and working with, with younger um, younger kids who are going through a uh, sort of school age and, and getting them an experience of football. So, um, that's, so it's always nice to see that, especially when the when the kids are young. You need to get them playing as young as possible. Yeah, you just you know what you coaching. You don't need coach. Let kids play. I told you all you need to do anywhere in the world, anywhere. Go to school. Ask the kids who's the best player in the school. Callum McFadden's the best player. Who's the next best player? Oh, Billy Morgan. Who's the next best player? They'll tell you who the best players are. The kids know. You don't need a coach with a badge because he doesn't know what a good player is. All he wants is people to keep the possession. The, the, I keep saying, but it's nice to get kids together, get them out in the pitch, give them a ball, let them play five-a-side, 11 side tennis, whatever it is, just with the ball. And you'll see the you see the kids who can tackle. You see the kids who can beat people. You see the kids who can control a ball and pass it. And you just watch them and they'll develop. Just let them develop. Then all you do is encourage them, not coach them, encourage them to do to get better at what they're already good at. You're not going, you're not going to make somebody good at something it isn't can't do. It's not possible. No matter how long you coach, it's not possible. But you can you can enhance what they're already got. So if I, you know, when I was a kid at Burnley, when I went down there in 15, they had a, a guy who used to come down and all he did, ball, give me the ball, take on the fullback, cross the ball, take on the fullback, cross the ball. That, that was my routine. Get the ball, go on. Different fullbacks, they put different people and I beat them different ways. Because that's what I did. Um, he didn't try to make me tackle anybody because couldn't tackle a fist supper. I was useless. <laughs> Tackling. I wasn't very good. I got booked too many times. Because of <laughs> um, but on it, it keeps saying it is a simple game. You've got to let kids develop their skill, whatever it is they have. And they'll all have a skill, whether it's defending, passing, dribbling, scoring goals. They'll all have a skill and it's just getting them to produce the very, very best. By the time they're like 14, 15, you know, you know what he's good at, you know what he's going to be. And for me, that, that's how you teach kids or you help kids. You can't, uh, I know it's a, coaches are where it came, it came from America. Because that's what they call them in America, American football, the coaches. Uh, but that is a technical game. You're talking about technical things because it's all different. You know, everything is planned in advance. With football, you've got a moving ball. There's nothing you can plan in advance. You don't know what's going to happen. I don't know how I'm going to beat. You know, people say, hey, can you show me how you beat the fullback? Oh, I, I don't know. It depends what he does. I'll beat him. I'll beat him. But it depends how he comes at me. I'll either beat him doing that, 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 that. 
I'll beat him, that's not a problem, but I can't tell you how I'm going to beat him. It's instinct. Uh, same with the goal scorers. I've told you, the greatest goal for me outside of Pelly, and in my era, I mean, Messi is phenomenal as well, but outside of Pelly with Jimmy Greaves. And I used to look at him in the box when he got a ball in the box, and he seemed to have 10 hours to pick a spot and put. And when I got a ball in the box, it was like, I've got sick, you know, it was like, um, he made it look, because that, that was his talent. He made it look so easy. Gravesy was the greatest British goal scorer of all time, in my opinion. Uh, Dennis was fantastic, but Gravesy was, he was a pleasure to watch and a nice wee guy as well. So Jimmy, whatever, if you're listening, he was, uh, I used to marvel, not just me, and all the other great pros, great professionals from that era, marveled at how easy he made it look. And don't forget, he was up against thugs in those days. I mean, the center, the center half was a killer. <laughs> you know? And he just always seemed to have time. So it's, you got to help kids. You know, the, the biggest thing for children is to provide places for them to learn, to go and play. You know, lots of football pitches, lots of recreation places for them where they can play. We played in the streets. There was no cars in the village, of course. There was no bikes in the village, never mind a car. So we could play in the streets under a gas lamp. But the, the, the kids nowadays, they, obviously the, the way the world is, they have to, you have to provide the facilities for them to develop their talents, not coaching. A question on an individual player um, who plays for Manchester United, but also plays for Scotland. It's from Matt United 20. Uh, what's your thought or uh, what do you, sorry, what do you think uh, of Scott McTominay as a player? Uh, Matt, I, I like him. I like him. He's your Nobby Styles, you know. He's not the greatest on the ball. He's not the greatest passer, he's not the greatest dribbler, but I like him. He does the job, you know, for if, if you've got people who can play. You know, he'd be great with Paddy Crown and Bobby Charlton. He would have been great doing Nobby's job. He wins the ball for you. You know he's going to have your back. I like him. I like him in my team. He's not going to create, he's not a creative midfield player. He's a destroyer. But the old Tommy Smiths, you know. Uh, but I do like him, yeah. He'd be in my team. Good friend, Otterman62 is back. Um, hi, Willie and Callum. Enjoy the show. Hope you're both well. Willie, was there any sense of rivalry between you and Jimmy Johnson during your time together with Scotland, or did you get on well? We got on great. Jinky, myself. There was three of us, Otterman, and Willie Henderson. The first, the first of the, the, the duo uh, was little Willie Henderson. Uh, I met little Willie. And uh, he was very funny and... He was playing for Rangers, of course, at the time. And uh, then Jinky, Jinky and I became good pals. Uh, uh, there was no, nothing at all. I wish I could have sang like him. I've said before on this programme, 
He had the most fantastic voice. He should be the singer. He was a wasted talent, Dinky. He should be the singer. He was brilliant. Now, no, no, same with George and I, you know, people, oh, I must have been, there wasn't. The young, you have to look at the old videos or the old footage on YouTube. George and I complimented each other, you know, made goals for each other, but he, we loved it and we made it about together. Uh, and, you know, obviously I didn't have much time with, with uh, Willie or Jimmy because they were up in Scotland and I was down here. But when we were together with Scotland, we all got in great. And the Otterman's actually got a couple of questions today. He's got two more. Um, next one being, who was the best player you played with for Scotland? The best player I played with for Scotland? Uh, oh, my God. I, I think probably Dennis. You know, there, there, was, there was lots of great players around at that era. I mean, of course, you know, little Billy Bremner, Davy A. That's, there was there was a lot, but Dennis Dennis was a great striker, a great finisher. Uh, so if I had to choose one, which would it be Dennis? The last question he's got to round off the show. He says a question for both of you: Who do you think will win Euro twenty twenty? I'll take that on first, daughter man. Uh, I know Willie talked about them earlier, but I actually think France will win the tournament. I think I like Mbappe up front. I think he's got a lot of pace. He's unpredictable at times. Um, I really like him. I think he's probably he's probably the best player, forward-thinking player in this tournament that's got decent teammates around him. I think Lewandowski, who plays for Poland, is probably the best striker in the tournament, but they get beat from Slovakia the other night, so they don't really have a team that can maybe help propel him to victory. So I think based on that reckoning, for me, it's France. Oh, what a man. I can't say Scotland because we just got beat, but <laughs> I love it. my heart wants to be Scotland. Uh, you know, in a tournament like this, no doubt the uh, referees, as they did in 1964, Oh, sorry, and the two linesmen. Uh, I think they all got winners' medals, didn't they? The linesman and the referee. If you like. but, sorry, Callum, go ahead. Um, now, home advantage is massive. Even without full capacity crowds, home advantage is, is massive. And I think the, you'll get the decisions will go your way. And no matter who's gotten far, Wow, my God, it's a dreadful thing. Uh, I, I, uh, I really, I really don't know. I, I think it's pretty old. I think anyone, it's like Chelsea winning the European Cup. Who, who would ever have thought at the start of the season, Chelsea will win the European Cup? You, you couldn't write this stuff. So I think it'll be somebody unexpected. I think we're in for a. Yeah, someone unusual. I can't tell you who, but I think it'd be someone unusual. I think it's definitely going to be open. And, and, and I think you've actually ended the show on a really interesting point there, Willie, because as everyone who's listening is watching the games, you've maybe planted a wee seed in their head to, to think maybe who you think is going to win isn't quite there and it could be someone completely out of the pack. So 
I think that's a good way to end the show. Have you got anything you'd like to say before we go? Yeah. Steve Clark, you make sure those lads are in bed on Thursday now, early into bed, and let's get a result, pal. And I wish you all the very best. Here comes Willie.